Well, good morning, church. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Man, how many of you thought it might get a little loud in God's house today? Come on. Come on. The word says that if you don't cry out, even the rocks will cry out. So we got reason to celebrate. There's a lot of other noise going on right now out there. I think we need some noise of praise. How about that, Dave? Come on. We need some shouts of victory in the house. We're all going through battles. But God's got breakthrough for you, Wes. Come on. Awesome. Well, welcome to Kingdomology, our brand new series, New Day, New You. Are you ready for this? I went all out. Like, I'm, I'm, I got the church merch going on here. I don't know if you see this. Check this out. Got the Lord's Prayer on my back because he's got my back. Come on. <laughs> got the Kingdomology hat because we got to have mindsets that are on the kingdom, not just on the things of this earth. Come on. So let me ask you this and be honest with me. Have you ever felt the need to escape, maybe run and hide a little bit? Come on, be honest with me, right? Maybe you want to just get away, avoid certain things, avoid the drama, avoid certain people. Don't put your hand up. And what is it we say in the Lord's Prayer, His will be done. What have you willed for your life and the life of those around you? Joy, peace, happiness, health. How about this? How about oneness and unity? Oneness and unity. You know, unfortunately, I've watched as friends, families, even countries have become divided in this season. And you know, there's a lot of things changing. And through it all, through the ebbs and through the flows, there's one thing that remains constant. That is God's love and that is God's plan. Because his love never fails. His love never fails. Say it never fails. I understand how the enemy tries to get into our head and cloud our judgment on, you know, what kingdom it is that we're building, what kingdom it is that we are fighting for, and who the real enemy is. In this series, I want to discuss what a kingdom-minded culture looks like. How focused are we on the things of this world that we forget there's a bigger vision, a higher vision, a heavenly vision? Jesus and his disciples were dedicated, devoted to the heavenly vision. You know, it's one of grace. It's one of generosity. What's worth your head? Come on, what's, what's worthy of your head? What's worthy of your heart? And what's worthy of your hands? Those are the three things I want to talk about in this series. Let's start here. Let's start with a kingdom-minded mindset. Jesus was constantly dealing with the minds and the thoughts of his own disciples and everyone else. Everyone. You know, the men and I, this morning, we studied Romans 12. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, there's certain patterns that are healthy and unhealthy right now. And you know, it just like success leaves clues, so does failures. And if you think of a pattern in the clothing, I'm sure there's certain patterns that you just need to cut out right now in this season that you could do without, right? Would you agree? 
But Jesus took every obstacle as an opportunity, and people would constantly bring people to Jesus that needed hope and healing. And if you would, I'd like you to turn with, with me to Matthew 12 in your Bibles, Matthew 12. And if you've got your iPhones, iPads, and all that, I stuff, or Android, you can turn to that too. And I have made my notes available to you on version, so check that out. Yes, there it is. You just got it. Matthew 12, starting in verse 22, and it says that they brought Jesus, a demon-possessed man, who was blind and was mute. And Jesus healed him. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. And so, this man could both talk and he could see. It says that they brought him to Jesus. Let's just talk about my first point. And that is, kingdomology is about bringing people to Jesus. Let, let's, come on, let's keep the main thing, the main thing in this season, ladies and gentlemen. It's easy to get distracted, discouraged, and disconnect and divide. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing, bringing people to Jesus. You will always move in the direction of your greatest thought. So if your thoughts are kingdom-minded, then you will move people towards the king. Kingdomology. People, even today, are bringing people into God's house and bringing people to Jesus, to the church. And guess what? They're getting healed. They're getting, getting vision for their life. They're getting something that is bigger than just themselves, a heavenly vision. But guess what? They're also in need of a heavenly speech because they're getting sick and tired of the way other people are talking, even the way that they're catching themselves talking sometimes. It's almost like a disease. They are tired of people speaking death, and they wish to hear and speak life. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen, this morning? Wake up, church. Come on. Some have even become mute, muted by mutiny. They are looking for a kingdom greater than their own. They know deep down inside, something internal says there's something eternal. Something internal, something inside of us says there's got to be more to life than what I'm just experiencing right now. But when the Pharisees heard this in verse 24, it says they said, It is only Belzebul, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Come on. My second point about kingdomology is it's about generosity, not jealousy. Generosity, not jealousy. The fairies were, the fairies, yeah. The Pharisees, come on. The Pharisees were jealous. They were jealous because of the attention and the influence that Jesus had on every type of person. Crowds would follow him, flock to him, the religious, the non-religious, the rich, the poor, upper class, lower class, people in government. Every man, woman, and child would look for a way to find Jesus, to receive hope, to receive healing, and to hear from him. But some of the re religious leaders were angry that instead of coming to them and their temples that Jesus would just go and talk and touch anyone and help anyone. You see, according to their man-made religious laws, they couldn't talk to people that were non-Jewish. Talking to women, spending time with, with people that were 
were considered unclean. Anyone else that wasn't Jewish, right? Anyone, the sick, they couldn't touch them. They couldn't come near them, but Jesus came for them. Jesus touched them. Jesus spent time with them. Jesus hung out with them. And the religious leaders wouldn't even, they wouldn't dare eat with them. And Jesus did that too. You see, Jesus' thoughts were on his father's thoughts. You see, he was focused on bringing heaven to earth. He was focused on his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Unfortunately, the religious leaders, they didn't see heaven. They saw a heathen. Come on. This is still happening today. People are coming into the church. They're receiving healing physically, mentally, emotionally, and praise God spiritually. And yet there's still those that get distracted by their own thoughts. They get hung up on the method and they miss the message. They get hung up on the method and they miss the miracle. Most importantly, they miss the marriage of the church with Jesus. Jesus refers to his church as the bride. He's coming for the bride. He's coming for us. But instead of celebrating the church, instead of standing for her, there are those that criticize it. Instead of joining the bride, they hide. But not in this church. Come here, babe. Not in this church. Say, not in this church. In this church, we reach for her. We stand for her. We love her. And we honor her. Thank you. Isn't she beautiful? Would you do that? Would you stand for her? Will you honor her? I did. When I stood at the altar, I said, I do, and I will. And I made a covenant with my bride, just like I make a covenant with God and with you and with his church, that I will love her, I will honor her, I will serve her, and I know covenant isn't covenant until it's tested. Verse 25, it says that Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will not stand, will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. It says Jesus, he knew their thoughts. Have you paid close attention to your thoughts lately? Have they been heavenly or not so heavenly? Come on. Would you say the story that you're telling yourself up here is one of unity or one of division? My final point is the kingdomology is about thinking unity. Unity, not division. Unity, not division. Proverbs 23, 19 says, without vision, 
we perish? What are your thoughts on? Where are they settling? Where do you look to? Do you have within your head and your heart and your hands kingdomology? Have your thoughts been to unify or have your thoughts been to divide? Are your thoughts bringing you closer to Christ and closer to his church or away from it? Kingdomology is about focusing on things that are above, not beneath. In Colossians 3.2, it says to set your minds on things above, not earthly things. In the NLT version, it says, think about things of heaven, not things of earth. How do you live up in a down world? By looking up, by living up, by speaking up, by acting up. Not by speaking down about yourself, your situation, or even others. You know, Jesus said every kingdom, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. I looked up the meaning of every kingdom. Guess what it means? Every kingdom. Your greatest battlefield, Rick, is the battlefield of the mind. That's your greatest battlefield. How often do you mind? How often do you pay close attention to your thoughts? Especially those that are not of God. Before we start challenging the thoughts and the beliefs of others, maybe we start with our own. If my thoughts are not on building God's kingdom, chances are they're just set on building my own and protecting my own. Again, it's not thy kingdom come and my will be done. It's thy kingdom come, his will be done. The good news is, ladies and gentlemen, that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. They're not ours. So are kingdomology ways. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 55, he said this, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In Matthew 12, it said that a house, say a house, a home divided against itself will not stand, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, the enemy is trying to come in and think it's your kingdom and to build your kingdom and to overpower and make people feel like they're less and think that you have control. But without a king and a queen, unified. You see, an en the enemy will come in and start here and cause you to focus on things that will cause you to fear and to either run or either attack. The very one you should be fighting for. What will you stand for? His kingdom or yours? Because his is about unity. His is not about division. You see, Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that his plans and purposes are to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. 
And in Ephesians, it says that he's able to do above and beyond all that we can hope, imagine, or dream of according to the power within. Where do you need to maybe let go and let God in your life today? Proverbs 14, 11 to 12 says that the house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent, say, but the tent, the tent of the upright will flourish. That's you, ladies and gentlemen. You will flourish. Do not be fearful. You will flourish. You can, you will, and you must. Because it was planned for you a long time ago. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and then all things will be added unto you. The wicked will be destroyed, but the upright will flourish. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. A lot of people have been down that road. Maybe you haven't died physically, but in a relationship, emotionally, something inside of you because you thought you had it together. You thought you were doing it the right way, your way instead of his way. We've been there. I think we've all been there. You see, but this message is a story, not just a story. This message is written of his glory. This message is a message of hope. This message is a message of promises in the face of problems. This message is the message of Jesus. His kingdom come. His will be done. What is this heavenly vision? Well, I love how it's put in Acts 26. In the message it says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. I am sending you See the, to see the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I am sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven and a place in the family, inviting them into the company of those who begin, say with me, real living, real living by believing in me. Would you guys uh, stand with me for a moment? There's so many things that let's be honest with ourselves, where we've been building our own thing, our own kingdom. We don't even realize who the real king is here. But you know what, our God is a God of grace and generosity. And you know, he sent his one and only son. It was the most generous gift that he could ever give, his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He came and he came to this messed up world. And he came for people like you and people like me. And he came to set us free. And I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that thy will will always be greater than my will. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you're struggling with that, and you're here and, and you're battling, maybe you battled religion, other relationships, drugs, other things that have you thought would fulfill you but have left you empty, get it. 
You see, his kingdom came to earth and he wants to touch you right here, right now. Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, then we'll be saved. So I invite you in this moment into a relationship, not into man-made religion, into a relationship. He came to start a relationship. You thought you were here by coincidence this morning. You thought you tuned in online by coincidence. It's not a coincidence. This was a setup. In the midst of your setback, this is your setup. So would you just pray with me right here, right now, wherever you're at, wherever, wherever you're going, whatever you've been through, he says that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Let's allow his kingdom to come. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know what it's like to feel lost, to build my own thing, to do my own thing. I'm ready to be who you've called me to be. I'm ready to do what you've called me to do. Would you please forgive me? Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. You see, I believe that you chose to die for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Thank you that my past is past. And today, is a new day with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just stay in this moment right now. Just eyes closed in this moment. This is your moment. God's not done with you yet. He's only begun with you. All eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If, if God spoke to you in this message today, is it relevant to you today in what you're going through? Just give me a thumbs up in the house. Oh, look at that. All around the room. The second is this. If, if you start a relationship with him today, either for the first time or coming back to him today, would you just give me a thumbs up in the room? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God is so good. Tell me how good God is. Tell me how, put, make some noise in the house and tell me how good God is in the house. I'm telling you, his word says there's a party going on in heaven and you get to be a part of it. You know, it, it's, for some of you, you're stepping into it. For some of you, you're stepping up. For some of you, you're going through what God's called you to get to. And I'm telling you, here at College Street, we are commissioned 
to make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey His commands. And if you're here today and you haven't been baptized, if you're here today, maybe you were baptized as an infant, you don't even remember it. You're here today and you're going through a new season of your life and you want to be baptized. We don't make it difficult. I'll tell you what it means. Baptism in the Greek is baptizo, which means to be immersed. It means when you go under the water, you are immersed. We are called, Jesus called us, he commissioned us, he said come. He said to be baptized. He himself was baptized. And it says in Romans, when we go under the water, it's like being crucified with Christ. We leave it all behind, all behind. And when we come up out of the water, it says that we are resurrected with Christ. Praise God. So if you want to do that, we got clothes, we got towels. Just come on down while the music is going and let's just worship God together. Praise God. Come on.